showcase virtual experience day three behind the action panel we've got the the ones that bring you the action for some of the greatest uh action films and tv series that are on television today i'm joined by our moderator from kung fu driving theater podcast mr jeff vita of course dan rizzuto vlad Rimberg, ken kitagua and of course brett chan brett um Jeff, take it over, brother. <clears throat> thank you, Demetrius. Guys, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, always great to talk with you guys and get the insight for uh, behind the, the action that uh, we all enjoy on screen. So thank you so much for taking some time out to chat. Um, and I, I want to get into it right away because I only have you for about 40, 45 minutes. And uh, there's so many, so many questions I want to ask. But uh, um, first, first off, uh, I want to acknowledge um, – the, the tragedy with the Helena Hutchins uh, and condolences out to her family. Um, and I bring that up because as, uh, as the guys behind the action, you guys are used to uh, not having your, uh, your work uh, in the mainstream spotlight. Uh, and when it does reach the mainstream spotlight, usually it's for something that's uh, not quite so good. Uh, at least that's the way the mainstream uh, portrays it. So um, I want to, get the perspective right for this uh, and um, I'll start with uh, uh, you, uh, Brett. Um, just put it into perspective for us, where exactly does safety fall in the hierarchy of your protocol? Uh, because I think I know uh, that safety is always job one, but um, lay it out for us if you could. Well, we're kind of all responsible for our departments, but overall safety first, I mean, without pointing fingers at anybody, they's on the first AD who makes sure all the departments are working together with everything. Obviously, obviously, we have our, our bases covered because we want to keep our brothers and sisters safe and, and the crew and everybody. But <clears throat> usually starts there. But I mean, obviously, with the stunt cell on jazz, it, it falls on us to make sure that our department is, is, is streaming like cohesively together and, and safety-wise. Um, <clears throat> the first AD will lean on us to make sure that, that we are taking our protocols that we have to do, especially be, given the, the, the nature of our job. And what we do with that saying there's only so much you can do there sometimes stuff happens but uh yeah i mean it, it, we, we we basically train and we we do everything we possibly can to always keep safe and keep everyone safe and that's the best we can do at times but it does fall on to the first ad well, i mean correct me if i'm wrong guys because he's responsible for the ambulances coming in all that jazz and where everyone's the crew standing where everyone's going where all that kind of thing so he's got to mitigate that and just um you know, delegate to, to each department where they where we should all be. Dan, how about you? You, you want to take that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with Brett. I mean, for the most part, the first AD is really in control of uh, a lot of aspects of it. Um, and I will say, for the most part, 
I think, you know, the stunt department does obviously look after the performers, but they also, I've never met a stunt coordinator that doesn't care about the crew they're working with and is always trying to look out and help out wherever they can. And it's uh, a complete tragedy of, of what happened. And I think from my understanding of it, from uh, people that were there and from what I've heard is, I mean, you've got to think of how many things had to have gone wrong for that to happen. That just wasn't one thing, you know, and I'm definitely not in a position to be pointing fingers, but that just can't happen. Like we're making entertainment. We can't, we can't have lives lost. Um, you know, the stunt department, we make calculated risks with performers and the more calculation, the less risk we have, but to have live rounds on set. I mean, for me, there's just, there, there's no reason, no excuse for it. Vlad, how about you? Um, well, as Brett mentioned, the first AD is pretty much going to navigate how the day is running and going. As a stunt performers and as a department, we always do everything that we can to ensure that everyone is as safe as possible. Um, the only thing, you know, again, not pointing fingers, but when you're being rushed, then safety can be jeopardized. But that's why as a stunt department, we're always asking for time. We're always asking for rehearsal time. Not with just with our performers, but with our actors as well. So everyone is comfortable and everyone is aware of what's going to happen on the day. Hell yeah, Manny. Hell yeah. Manny. Hello, everyone. Hey, just want to welcome Manny Manzanares to the, the broadcast, too. Uh, Manny, we're, we're just uh, talking about um, the, uh, the tragedy of, with Helena Hutchins um, and uh, talking about where safety falls on your protocol. I, I'm going to go to Kenny and then I'm going to go to you. But uh, Kenny, give me your take on, on that and... Uh, and how you approach that whole situation. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is kind of echoing everything basically y'all have said already, but I think it comes down to always trying to prevent the event and kind of, the, the, to me, like the foundation of safety is always kind of that preparation and, and almost over communicating the expectations of the day um, with your crew and making sure everybody understands with that's in, you know, relative danger of anything happening. I think I think that over preparation, not over preparation, that preparation and over communication is, is critical and and making sure everybody on set knows what's going on and what the expectations are for for whatever we're trying to achieve. So always always looking to prevent the event, but as Vlad said, we're always kind of a lot of times most of the time we're never given the time we need. So um, I think that's on us to be as sharp as possible um, when we're met with those challenges. Manny, you wanna jump in here? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> it sounds like, you know, everyone has echoed the same sentiments, uh, sentiments, but I think at the end of the day, just people need to realize outside of the industry that there are protocols in place. And I think a lot of times, uh, much I'm sure what my peers have been saying is that things slide, you know, we let things slide a little bit in all aspects. I'm not specifically saying with 12 departments, um, and I think there's just sometimes we need to double, triple check those things and just be, you know, have a common denominator of like how much is too much at a certain point, you know, regardless of budget or whatnot. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure all of us have started from, a, you know, independent to low budget level and now have obviously gone on to major productions. Uh, and I, I think those things can carry on regardless, you know. Yeah, you guys have uh, so many uh, things to deal with. Uh, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people that you have to um, 
keep in, in mind and, and keep things going. Um, do you guys have uh, that power to select the team? I, I assume that you don't always have the power to do that. Um, and then it, once you have that team in place, how do you know that you have a team that is going to carry that whole vision forward and, and do the things that need to be done to, to get that get that good stuff on screen. Um, Vlad, how about you take this one first? Well, as, as far as the team goes, so when it comes to bringing people on board, I can only suggest uh, guys for fights. Um, the stunt coordinator will go ahead and essentially select the team. But when I work overseas, um, I try to bring the people that I'm most comfortable with, people that know how I work. I know um, the way they work. We all understand protocol. I knew that I can count on these guys and that they would ensure that, number one, they would help bring my vision to life, the director's vision to life, but also that they would ensure the safety of our actors and any child actors that we're forming in the scene as well. But when we ask these sorts of questions, too many variables are involved again um, with core teams. I know Brett Chan can select his team. I think he can. But um, for me, it's only at that stage when I'm working internationally, like on an Indian production. Brett, since he called you out there, do you speak to that? <laughs> Thanks, Vlad. <laughs> uh, selecting the team is, is always particular. I mean, um, you have the, the choice depending on the show you're on. Like when I go to like Warrior or Mark or whatever, these, these shows that I can bring mass people, then I can pick a team. When it comes to other departments, I can't really um, pick it. But if I have a relationship with the producers, then I can kind of recommend for certain things. But I always make sure, like, I have a, a no a-hole policy, um, <clears throat> which is very important because if, if I'm working a job with someone for eight months, I want to make sure he's not a jerk. Not just to me, but to the team or to the crew or to everyone in general. Because if I die tomorrow, at least I know the last six months, I enjoyed my time in the show. And we all enjoyed it together kind of thing. If I hated my life prior to that, then what was it all worth it? So I always try to pick guys that are going to be very family-oriented. That can guys are multitasks, so they can do different things. Like one can perform, can previous one guy can can do certain things, you know. So therefore, we're we're keeping all bases covered, and we can kind of get everything's kind of going from that point. And 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 it's very it's very uh, important to be um, family dynamic wise. And I think for everyone can speak that way. I mean, you know, Vlad's not going to pick guys that are going to be jackass in the show because he's got to work with them in a foreign country. You need all the help you can get. And I'm pretty sure Manny knows that. And Dan, can you guys all know that because we'd rather be sex you guys because it makes creative processes working better. It makes your department friendliness with other departments working better. It just it just makes a whole experience uh, worthwhile being there, especially when you're away from your families for so long. You know, <clears throat> some of these guys like, you know, I know Manny's got like kids and family. So for him to be away, to be on Titans for like five months, I mean, he's got to be around guys he's going to enjoy. Otherwise, it's not worth it. He can be with his, his family kind of thing yeah yeah man you want to take that uh for the record they were terrible i'm just kidding no um they were actually they were fantastic and you know uh, brett and blood speaks a great point is that the team that we had on titans you know which a lot of them have been around since season one and i came into it later half of the second season uh when it was my turn you know when lauren L started to direct and i would help uh brian ho co-coordinate it's exactly Brett's point, you know, and Vlad's point is 
picking the people that we can. But yes, at times we are limited because of the budget constraints, let's say for per episode or if you're on a film, just, you know, per sequence. But that being said, I think, you know, having the right tools and friends in the sense of um, knowing a, a solid network of people, if you need to, you know, this person's unavailable, we need this other person and then bringing them in and then just being very clear, like Brett was saying about, you know, hey, here's the policies and protocols we'd like to achieve. This is what we're trying to achieve, you know, for our work. And then let's just make it happen, you know, and then any issues that kind of come about, it's less about um, differences and it's much more about like, how can we solve this together? And then exactly how can we then deal, but not even deal, help other departments. So at the end of the day, we're all going to set in the right manner because of course, you know, the moment a ball is dropped, everyone's very quick to be like, well, that's not my department and that's not this and that's not that. And I've just been very lucky to be mentored in a way where it's like, you know, hey, we're all making the same thing. We're all gonna make mistakes in some way, as long as they're, you know, A, not severe and B, something that can be preventable, right? Things fall through the cracks as they do. But the more we all work together, I mean, yeah, that's how we're able to create great product, you know, as a team. Kenny, as uh, one of the uh, OG indie action filmmakers, what's your take on this? Oh, you say OG, but I feel like in terms of actual professional work here, um, I'm definitely the rookie on the, on the panel here. But um, it was very important for me to surround myself and, and, and to bring on specifically for the Paper Tigers, um, having people that knew way more than me about the process, way more than me about protocol and safety and, and, and everything involved in action design and stunt coordinating. And that's why um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, Sam Locke and Carrie Long, who I've uh, been close friends with for quite some time, early 2000s. So I had that built-in history and rapport with them already, and that made things flow in the creative process to Brett's point. Just everything was kind of just, it, it just meshed a lot easier. And, and those sort of, those creative challenges and trying to develop the, the design uh, was a lot easier to be able to just kind of talk to friends about it versus kind of like um, coworkers. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was more of a, it was more of a free flow kind of riff process versus feeling like, you know, we have a job to do. So I was lucky in that sense to be surrounded by people that I considered friends. Um, I know that's not always the case, but, um, uh, and it's, it's hard to always compare uh, those kinds. Of, I mean, I've, I've even worked with, you know, Vlad and Manny on, you know, on this panel um, on Unlucky Stars. And when we're working together and you're surrounded by people with like-minded, you know, you know, intentions, um, it's always going to be the best result. Uh, you're always going to feel the best about the work you do together um, when you're surrounded by people that are on the same page and you've had that opportunity to level set. And just to know you guys are all, you know, we're, we're all sharing, sharing the effort and um, we're all carrying our uh, share of the load. So that's super, super important. And, um, you know, just back to back to the paper tigers. If it wasn't for those two gentlemen, um, and I don't think we would have come anywhere near completing uh, my task <laughs> if it wasn't for those guys. That's awesome, Dan. You're constantly shouting out your team. You're you're constantly talking about the support that you have and and the uh, the way your team pulls together. Give me your take on this. Well, I mean, I think the the people you hire. Honestly, I try to hire everybody that's better than I am. I mean, we're as when you're coordinating shows, you're throwing things that you might not know 
as well as somebody else and to not hire the people that are better than you in that regard, then it just makes, it makes no sense. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the production and they're the one that are paying us to deliver what we can. And if you're not a driver, but you have a driving sequence, you hire the best drivers you can, you know? So it's really about surrounding yourself with like-minded professionals that are, as good or better than you are. That's cool. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know if you guys see the chat, but Art Camacho uh, posted uh, a comment in there. Uh, he said, um, accidents do happen from time to time, but he's not going to be rushed beyond the safety comfort level. So I'm, I'm sure that's a, a sentiment that you, that you all uh, echo. Um, let's, let's talk about another aspect of, of your jobs. Uh, uh, one of you touched on it, fulfilling the director's vision. Um, you don't always have a say in the, in the, the vision that gets presented on screen. Um, you're, you're often doing your best to bring that director's vision to life. What are some of the moments that you use uh, to show that you're advancing the director's vision uh, and the story in, in the action that you guys put together? Uh, let me go up to Manny first. Uh, well, I think a big thing is just involving yourself, you know, from the beginning, just in full pre-production, um, <clears throat> Even before, if you can get anything besides the script, any kind of concept work or arc or lookbooks or things like that. So that way, even that gives you a sense of how the world may look, how the characters might be presented. Uh, that gives you a base to then start asking questions like, you know, if we're in this world or in this time, who might be fighting like who? What are you thinking of visually? Um, and sometimes they know those things and sometimes they don't. But definitely getting yourself in there uh, as early as you can is possible. And then uh, just showing the value of that, too. Just showing the benefit of going overall as you go through production and then obviously into executing it, kind of keeping that fine line in between. But there are going to be cases where, you know, you come in with the best intentions and the directors just kind of tell you to stay in your lane. And it, I think it's just bound to happen in these obvious, you know, creative uh, outputs that we do. It just, I think it's it's bound to be. But... You know, a great thing that I learned from J.J. Uh, Perry was at the end of the day, it's like you always have to think about regardless of what position you're in as you come up, like let's say in our industry, as you move from, let's say, the stunt coordinator, second year director, they probably don't want you to be there because that means that you're getting a piece of their pie technically, right? So the less that you have an expectation that there's always going to be this, you know, uh, I guess like amicable relationship the more you realize like you're there to service them, right? Much like what Dan was talking about. So at the end of the day, just remember that. And that way you're not super married to the work, but you're also understanding the goal. You're understanding the mission at hand. So, you know, sometimes those people that are hard headed at the end of it all, they're like, oh man, you know what? Thanks, you know, thanks for, for sticking through it because they might just be so tunnel visioned on what they're doing uh, and others are different. So I just think, yeah, at the end of the day, if you just stay focused and, get in there uh, as early as you can. Hopefully you'll have something really good by the end. I want to touch on that focus in a little bit, but let me go to, to Vlad. Vlad, what, what about your, what's your, your take on this? Well, uh, along with getting as much information as you can about the sequence that you're going to design for your director, um, I think something that's a powerful tool is Previs. That's something that can possibly get all the departments on board, get everybody excited. If you know what you're doing, um, and you have a great product, usually people respond. But like Manny said, there are directors out there that are like, I don't want any sound effects, I don't want any music, I don't want anything. 
Don't try to get detailed with the shots. Just give me a reference and I'll figure it out on the day. And it's like, that's great. And at that point, there's really nothing you can do because the boss man has spoken, right? And you can only respect their decision and their ideas that they're going to go ahead and produce on the day. But if it doesn't come out the way you want it and you shot an amazing Previs, put the Previs out. I mean, I, I, I always refer to Iron Fist season one, okay? Because I feel like the stunt team got done dirty, right? There was, it's true. It's true. It's true. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brett. But I, 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 I you know, like the, the previouses that were put out were completely different than the final product and they were great. So, you know, what happens when everyone gets on board, they get excited on the day, they shoot stuff. And then you look at the final product and you're like, huh, what happened here? I mean, I hate to admit it, but that's what kind of happened on Lucifer season six. You know, I'm watching and it's like, oh, there's an elbow that completely missed on the number one show in the world. Like, what's happening over here? So in that case, I mean, again, the, the best thing you can do is you can come on in, you can give it your all. But like Manny said, don't get married to it. Don't get attached to it. Um, if there is a huge hardcore problem with you in the industry, go and shoot stuff on your own. Right. Let the world know what kind of creative ideas you have. And if you want to share it with production or, you know, you send it off to people, go, go ahead and do that. But as designers, we're not always going to get final say. And the best thing we can do is just remember that we're getting paid handsomely to fulfill someone else's vision the best that we can. Right. He, he called you out again. So let me have you take this. <laughs> Lad's always doing that. Especially he's always busy. He never hire the guy. Uh, yeah, it's just like you said, the word Iron Fist, I just I get PTSD every once in a while, so it's one of those things. And, you know, I know that because Vlad and, and my, uh, Manny did a big shout out to, to the team saying, well, we're wrong because the team was solid. Thank you very yep. much again, guys. Uh, no, it, it's completely right. There are a lot of directors who, who you know, depending on the experience, have they don't want to let the reins go. So like, no, 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 no. So you have to be, as a designer, to be very careful about how, what you present things. If you present things that are way too much and they don't understand how it's shot, they'll go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want any of that. Because they don't know how to do it and they won't know how to do it. They can't figure it out. And so if you're doing it and just kind of, for some reason, they get all emasculated or, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. But then there are some directors that understand the process and they understand that you're just there to help them make their vision come to life. And as long as you keep their points alive, because when, like, let's say Lonnie Prestair, like when we sit down, we talk to Jonathan Tropper from The Warrior, they're like, okay, Brett, this is what I need. This is, the story is written out here, but you obviously go do some cool stuff, but just keep my points in there. And as long as I'm respectful enough to keep their story points in there for the characters, in, in, in the arc of where they are, which they always do. I always choreograph the fights according to the characters first. I go back to the characters and I put them in the story and then I basically generate where they are, how they are, where their mode is, what's happened in their life, and then I create the choreo from that way and they have their story marks in there. And they always, they always, they always love it. And, they, and they, they take your ideas at that point because they know you're not just looking at cool moves for a fight. And as long as they, you can gain their trust that way, that, you know, because some guys are pigeonholed as just guys who just can't do drama or we don't understand that. We just do fight, fight, punch, kick, punch, kick, and we're just stunt monkeys. Um, but as long as they understand that you think about that, and as a designer, you have to come across it. You have to be very expressive 
um, whether it's, it's visually, like you can get up there and do it themselves because generally if they can't see it, I'll do the moves. And I know Dan does that too. Or someone will, I'll bring the guys in and I'll show them. And they'll be like, oh shit, that was kind of cool. Uh, and then we got, we talk about character. Um, you know, I, I know that when you guys are doing your, your, your choreo, you know, you know, uh, let's say, uh, Robin's going to move very different from like changeling. And if you make them all look exactly the same when they're moving, then it's just, God, it's boring. But as long as you're giving their characters completely different movement styles and character, then the directors actually see that because it's part of the story. So I always, I'm very cognizant of that because I know that, you know, like I'm right now I'm here uh, with Tim Burton. And I'm second directing and choreographing some stuff for him too. And he's he was very apprehensive at first. Oh no, you know, it's not guys, I don't have to worry about it. And he gave me a job to do second direct on this thing. And I did it, but I gave his characters because the characters are very different moving. Although they're all fencing, but it's very different each character on the personality type. And after the first while he was he was very pushbacky, but then he saw me do it and he's like, Oh, oh great, and now he's getting my trust and now he lets me do it for him. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you have to do with everyone. Um, because you have to understand that they're the, they're the, the, the captain of the ship. You, you, you can't put your ambitions further than theirs. They'll definitely feel it. To always make sure that they understand, you, you understand, that they know, that you know that it's their driving the ship. You are just helping their, their, their vision come to life. And when you have that, you, you can do so much. They'll, they'll let the reins go. And that's what happened with being a warrior and Jonathan lets me creative control he lets me put input in he lets me design it. he lets me put shoot the action shoot the drama in the action and lets me edit it so with me johnny and jason ning now so we're basically doing the whole thing and i mean the product is it it comes up pretty good I mean, you look at warrior and iron fist kind of thing you you kind of tell <clears throat> it's just it was iron fist was just difficult because nobody wanted to release the you had netflix saying no we want this marvel saying we want this this, you have the director saying we want this, but then you have guys coming in saying no, 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 do this. And like there was, there was no, and then you had you know the talent that did want to participate and that didn't. So it all depends on that. Yeah, yeah sorry, I rambled on too long there. Next, <laughs> Vlad, stop cutting me out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm just gonna say, I think it goes to show when you have the action team have a lot of control over the final product it's going to turn out good it, it it's going to turn out better than if they didn't I, I i think i can say that kenny uh as a as the uh self-described uh rookie here what, what's your uh, observations on all of this uh, i i've learned so much already from from these guys but um i, I think a, a big part of it is is really being able to, if you're able to, check your ego at the door and and have that discipline and respect for for what you're doing because ultimately, you know whether the sides or the, the sequence that you're 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 um, you're brought on for that's a that's your design brief that's those are your orders, and I think that that's ultimately what you're there brought on to do. And the more you can, like to Brett's point, earn the trust and um, show through your preparation and you know what you're thinking. Um, you know, however that's expressed, if it, if it in a way is able to communicate to the director or whoever's involved with the story that has control over the story is able to uh, believe that you understand what their intentions are, I think that's when you have the best success. And that's when you get to kind of stretch a little bit more than, than if you just went in there kind of cold and boxed in, um, just 
doing movements, you know. So this is when we really get the opportunity to be artistic and to, and to kind of flourish is if, if you do earn the trust of those around you um, beyond our, apart, our department. So, um, uh, but again, you know, my experience only involves working with people that I've had um, uh, years of, of, of uh, development with, um, with, with Bao and Carrie and Sam. So um, in my case, uh, I've had, I had a long time with the story and so um, it, there was the trust already built in before we stepped on set that, you know, I had, I had been sitting with these, these sequences for a long time and we had, I had conversations with Bao and, and you know, um, weekly, you know, all, all the time. We were always trying to develop like what was going to be our perspective. So it, just having that access and having that trust with, with who's in charge is probably the most important, I think, I think. Yeah. Now, Dan, uh, you've uh, had the opportunity to be in the driver's seat and, and craft the vision from beginning to end with, with Torn. So what's your take on, uh, on fulfilling someone else's vision? Well, I think, I mean, a, a perspective to look at is, I think everybody could agree here. It's, this isn't a job for us. It's more of a lifestyle. We're in it because we love it. And it can become increasingly difficult when you're working with I'm just going to say it, that, that there's a lot of directors that just shouldn't be where they are right now and, you know, not understanding the game. And it's frustrating for, for, for us because we love the game. It's not just one aspect of it. Like we understand camera, we understand angles, we understand editing, we understand, you know, like Brett's saying of how to develop action for a specific character, not just let's do this because it's cool. And it, it can kind of be disheartening and frustrating to watch something that you know has great potential to happen and to be edited and to come out for the world to see. And in some ways, it's a reflection of what you've put into it. And it is kind of rare that you're looking at something, a final product going like, man, that is 100% exactly what I envisioned. You know, and you sit back and you're kind of like, oh, where did this edit go? Where did this happen? And the, the previous looked so rad and so cool, but then whether it was changing hands because the producer wanted this cut or the director wanted this or the editor who's never edited action before thought this might look cool, you know, it, it's frustrating. And, and for me, it took, you know, 20 years in the business to get one show that I was actually really happy with the action that turned out with it. It ended up being a TV show, which I never thought it was. And that was on Woo, where we were putting. But that's because we also had a talent level that within TV time, we could actually choreograph some stuff and have it done, you know. And But it's still, I mean, it's it's different when you're it's different when you put your heart and soul into it and you care and you want it to be something. And when you see a train wreck happening in front of you. So like everybody's saying, it's important to have a good team. It's important to have say, I mean, we can't all be Brett Chan, right. And get the editing and stuff like that. That takes a lot of work to get there, you know, but it's like, but you can, if you can get that, it, it's amazing because like Vlad saying is, and could you imagine what you put together from edit had the opportunity to sit and post, a lot of the time, not all, but a lot of the time, just elevated compared to what's being put out there. And the action audience wants to see, and that's why they're watching it. So in some ways I see it changing a bit, but there's still, you know, that the ego involved with, like Brett's saying, if you're working with a director who does stand a certain 
something and sees it. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I just want he falls down because that's what he understands, you know, and hopefully it keeps shifting. The pendulum keeps shifting. The creatives in the action world are getting more and more control because you're honestly going to see in, in viewership and action. So for my movie, was it was an important topic. And I just, yeah. I just wanted to also, part of it was to showcase, because like, like, like everybody knows here, they just look at stunt guys a lot of the time the camera and shoot something exploding. And it's like, man, we spend a lot of time on set in our craft that we understand it a lot better than some of the people that get in the positions they do on set. Dan, uh, let me uh, stay with you then. I, I know you guys are all professionals uh, and you've all talked about uh, being 100% committed to the game. Um, but in those instances uh, where you know you're working on something that is is going to be a clunker, um, what are you calling on to maintain that commitment to continue to produce the best possible action given a situation that you know is completely out of your hands and is, is just not going to be something that you probably want to be remembered for? Well, for me, it's easy. It's just to know the show ends and a new one begins. <laughs> You know, some shows are those shows you never to end. You're like, man, I hope this goes on for 18 seasons or I hope this gets like six different takes on it. But then you're on the shows that are like, man, I, I just can't wait to end. And, you know, that's that's kind of like this this thing that I'm working on now. It's a hundred million dollar budget. And I'm just like, damn, it's like an advent calendar, love chocolate every day, 18 more days to go. And then I'm done. You know, because it's 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 just that way. But you look forward to the ones that you do. And for these guys like Vlad, too, it's in between projects. We all like to do our own little projects. You know, it helps develop us. We can put it out and it gets you closer and closer to the driver's seat of what you want to do. So, yeah, it's just for me, it's knowing it's ending. Vlad, he called you out. So uh, what's your what's your take yeah. on it? Uh, I'm going to absolutely agree. It's uh, knowing that at a certain time we all have to wrap and go home. Not necessarily like, oh, it's going to end in 18, 20 days, but just knowing that um, I'm not stuck here for the rest of my life. You know, there are people that have a nine to six job and they want to get out, but they just don't know how. In our industry, at least we know that it'll be over at some point. And the best thing that you can do is just, you know, be as professional as you can watching that train wreck. You, you can come in, you can voice your opinion as respectfully as you can. So that way no one gets butt hurt. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there, there, there's really nothing you can do because someone else is in charge of the set. Someone else is in charge of the show. Someone else is in charge of directing everything. Um, but what was said earlier, how the stunt community is slowly getting, let's just say, more power in this industry. I think as that continues to evolve, Hopefully there'll be less standing around and waiting for, you know, the clock to strike midnight or whatever time. So that way we can go home. You know, we go home, we have a beer, we do whatever it is. And it's like, okay, get up in the morning next day. But the best thing that you can do in a situation like that, if it's a train wreck, is create an environment for you that's ideal for you to be around. Meaning like all the other people on set, get friendly with them, get to know them. So that way watching the chaos happen at least everyone's kind of happy you know to to be around you to be amongst other people because they're going to give each other looks and it's like i know what's going to happen here it's not going to work out and we're going to end up doing this for like two three hours and then we're going to fix it and then it's going to get done in five minutes and everyone's going to be like why didn't we just do this and this and that and it's like you're always seeing those looks happen 
And that's the best thing you can do. That's the best way you can fight back is give those looks to your colleagues. And it's like, uh, and from there, you also learn, learn why it's a train wreck, why it's not working out. And then you do the best job that you can to make sure that next time, you know, you, you can try and prevent that from happening. Kenny, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's from a positive lens. It's like when you're in the depths and you're, you, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to do what we do. I think it's remembering about remembering the privilege of, of being a creative and, and doing this as, you know, this is a job and we were getting paid to do this. That's, that's the positive. But I get, I guess from the other side of it, it's like knowing that you walk in a way and, and you know that you put your best foot forward and and it's not falling on you that the re- the reason things are falling apart I-, I can feel okay walking away i mean it's like you said the sky's not falling after this production ends it's like i'll move on to the next but i think just knowing that you did your best as cliche as that is it's just I-, I i would feel okay walking away knowing that i i did my best and i did i i tried to impart as as much um positivity and and creative um contribution to it if i walk away knowing that i did that um i can sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Manny, how about you? Yeah, I think everyone has, you know, it touched upon very similar themes and really the two things that I have is, you know, number one, exactly like what uh, Vlad was saying is to embrace it. The more you embrace the world that you're experiencing, the easier it is to manage it. You know, absolutely. I think too many times I have seen, you know, people get hung up on, Exactly that. Of course, you want to give your heart and, and do your best, but then there's just sometimes where the reality is a reality. But the irony is, the more you embrace it as you're going through it, and exactly like what Vlad touched upon, you develop better relationships with crew that you may work with on the next project or two projects down. You know, you develop a, a better working relationship with the team that you normally tend to hire, um, and then you also develop ideas that, ironically, can be used. You know, months, years, whichever from then on a different project that they didn't want to allow you to do. And then of course you go and do it and then it, lo and behold, it works. But you've had that experience and time to see, you know, can it work? How much time do I really need or have, you know, things like that. And then the second thing is just uh, exactly like putting your, your best into it, but just understanding that um, every it's perspective, right? Everyone has a process. Like look at all the, the top, you know, directors and second year directors and coordinators, you know, that before were very much like in a lot of myself's position. We're stunt guys and now fight coordinators and then, you know, choreographing and then moving up to stunt coordinating. Everybody makes a clunker in the sense of sometimes it's what you're handled, right? But then all those lessons learned, they go and do something like a John Wick, an Atomic Blonde, you know, a Hobbs and Shaw. And it's like, you understand everything that you've learned from all those perspectives from before. And much like Vlad's saying, a lot of those guys too shot or made stuff in between, you know, for themselves in order to continue learning. So yeah, just be open to everything and just keep learning. Yeah. All right. We've already done 40 minutes uh, and uh, we're going to have to get going soon, but uh, I don't want to skip out on this last part. So uh, Brett, um, give me your take really quickly and then let me know what you're currently working on so that we can continue to follow your adventures. Uh, my take on what, uh, well, anyways, you know, you make the contract, you sign it, you know, you, you, you got to commit, you got to be professional. The best way to do it is surround yourself with the right people. So no matter what, if it sucks, you'll, it'll all suck for all you guys. And you'll take comfort in that and being through the trenches together. And anyways, and you just do the best job you can do. Yeah. Um, first of all, though, 
like I'm not a master editor. Uh, I don't know about Ken, but I know that Vlad, Manny, and Dan are all stellar editors. They do everything. Um, <clears throat> and uh, let's see, I'm on uh, Wednesday right now, which is Adam's Family, The Dark Turn Twist. I'm second director on this one. I got a show I'm supposed to be directing in Thailand uh, next year early. Um, I no longer will be on Halo, but I'm doing Warrior right afterwards. And then I have another show called, uh, well, the, the title's changed so anyways. That's that's pushed to early next year, uh, which we'll shoot in South Africa or maybe Budapest. And then I just am developing another script right now, which I'm directing as well, uh, which will be right afterwards. And that's supposed to happen in somewhere in Europe. Anyway, we haven't decided yet. And that's all for now. Very cool. Very cool. Maybe, maybe one of these guys will be able to come work because they're also busy. Dan's working with Halo, you know. Manny just can't find him anywhere. Lads on everything. Kansas, my body, my buhai, man. Just met him now, so. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, give us an update on what you're working on. What's, what's coming next from you? Oh, man. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to stay fit, trying to pick up new skills. Um, you know, kind of working on a couple projects here with uh, uh, maybe Vlad in the future. Uh, we got some stuff that we've been talking about, you know, just some stuff to stay creative, but nothing nothing locked or, or um, too specific to, to look forward to. So, hey, I'm, I'm here, Brett. So, here you go. <laughs> good enough, good enough. Manny, give us an update. Uh, I am working on something that I cannot talk about. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, so, no, if i if i do talk about it then you know obviously i will not be working on it anymore so of yeah. course of course of course all right understood uh dan give us uh, your update uh i'm currently working on a project called the mother that's in the media jlo project um for netflix and uh after that i'm jumping over to work with some people that i'm crazy excited to work with and uh I have a small, small budget given to me by a studio to do uh, a proof of concept and have a couple actors signed to a project I'm really excited about um, that we've been back and forth with the studios, but we'll see where it ends up because, you know, they want something different than I want and I don't want to bend. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right, Vlad, give us the last word then. What's going on with you? Um, I'm in that phase where I'm home and I'm shooting some projects. Uh, Ken and I may or may not have something planned. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, um, you know, Manny and I were supposed to be in Abu Dhabi, but things didn't work out. That's the industry. So I've decided to take some time and use that time for me and my friends. Mm -hmm. But December 24th, a superhero movie comes out from India. And when we talk about, you know, having control over everything, I think this is the first time on any production where I've had the most amount of control. So I'm really excited to see the final product. And I hope I don't have to give the executive producer a call. <laughs> I'll be like, what happened? But yeah, what's December 24th on what's the it called? Minal Murali. Minal Murali. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Sunny Seesaw hopping in there really quickly. Um, just want to say hello. <laughs> Sunny, I'll, I'll have to get you back on the show and, and get all uh, your take on all of this stuff. But um Fortunately, now I have to, to wrap it up uh, and uh, and say, again, thank you to all of you guys for, for hopping on here. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of, of all of your work, and I love getting your insights on everything that goes on behind yeah. the scenes. So thank you so much. Um, Sonny, we'll talk. But I'm going to kick it back to Demetrius. Thank you so much, guys. 
Definitely. Thank you, gentlemen, for giving us that seminar on Behind the Action. I really appreciate you guys' support for the past two years. Uh, thank you for doing what you do, man. You, you, you make the genre the, the, the genre that it is, and that is the blockbuster genre, and we appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Everybody stay safe, and I hope to see you guys in the near future. God bless. Poison plan rocks the world. See the iron fisted bunk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Du's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah the little bitch soldier is old otherwise wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pass here the pass Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derry D is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaol in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spill When you head into a war, fearless Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting